Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, educate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Okay, friends, happy new year. This is our first episode in 2023, and we have some really great stuff planned for you this year. We are starting off the year by announcing our membership, our ABC club, and I'm so excited to share more with you about that on the podcast. We also have our conference coming up at the end of the month. On January 28th, we are having our third annual virtual free special education conference. I told you about it a little bit in last week's episode, so I'm not going to drone on and on about it today. But I will highlight for you the three different levels of tickets very quickly. As always, the conference is free. If you buy that free ticket, you simply register on the website. And what you will get is you will get access to one of the live stream sessions per hour. So those are shown live. And if you have the free pass, you are able to watch one of those at a time. Now, if you have an interest in seeing more than one of those at a time, two during the same hour are of interest to you, or if you are interested in attending any of the live sessions, or if you aren't able to attend at all and you need an on-demand option, then you can buy the next ticket price. And for that, what you get is access to the live presentations, and then all of the presentations on demand for a year. So you can watch them in the comfort of your own home, in your own time, as your life dictates, and you'll have access to those for a year. And then this year we are rolling out a third option, which gives you all of the things for that VIP pass, in addition to the, I'm sorry, that's the live pass. The second level is the live pass. And now the third level is the VIP pass. And what the VIP pass gives you is everything from the live pass, as well as a three month free subscription to that ABC club, as well as some additional digital swag. So we are going to upload into a file for you templates and guides and videos and all kinds of resources so that you can start to build your library. And that library will mimic a little mini version of what the library for the ABC club will look like because the ABC club comes with a monthly live. It comes with at least two digital resources per month. So those will be guides, tutorials, checklists, things that I create for you, and it will have many more things that get uploaded throughout the year. So those are the different ways to attend the conference. Again, it's on January 28th, 2023. We've got a really great lineup for you that covers lots of different topics, and I really welcome you to attend the conference. Okay, 
On to today's podcast. I am not much of a New Year's resolution type of a girl. I am extremely type A. I feel like I am always trying to do better, trying to improve something, start something new. I've got projects, I've got initiatives, I've got ideas, and frankly, I love new beginnings, but a Monday is a new beginning to me. Sometimes a Thursday is a new beginning to me. And so the idea of having a particular date with all of this hubbub is frankly a little bit anxiety provoking to me. And so I've never been much of a resolution person because I think it just feels icky to me. It feels like too much pressure. But like I said, I like new beginnings and I think there's something about changing the month in the calendar, whether that is January or it's February or whatever it is, changing the month, just flipping that page, erasing last year's dry erase marker and or last month's and writing the plan for this month is exciting and invigorating for me. Now, sometimes I honestly don't get that done until the 7th or the 14th of the month, but hey, you can't be perfect. I, as I reflected on the first episode of the year, I thought, what is something that I've talked about a fair amount and have never really like dove into? And this topic came up in lots of brainstorms. So I've got little post-it notes, I've got Word documents, I've got Google documents. I've got lists of possible podcast topics all over the place. You guys oftentimes write me and say, hey, can you talk about this sometime? And I just put it on the calendar and I think of things while I'm driving or in the shower or at swim meets, wherever I am. Um, and this was the oftmost brainstormed topic. And so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about skills that parents need in special education in order to be effective advocates. And the reason why we're going to talk about this is because we are at this new beginning phase. And so if you are getting started in the special education advocacy journey, whether you are a parent or you are a professional advocate or you would like to be a professional advocate or maybe you're a teacher or somebody that works for a school these are the skills that I think are super important as foundational skills in order to really succeed as an advocate now I did not come up with this list by reading a book or something by the way the list only has three things I did not I've never read this I've never experienced it I think I've probably talked to advocates about it but I want to tell you how I came upon this epiphany of, yeah, this is what you need. So here's what happens, a trend in special education advocacy circles. So if you are an attorney, then you probably inevitably have this idea that you need to go get a master's in education. You need to study special education. You feel inadequate as the world applies to practical strategies to actually teach children. And you sit in IEP meetings and you think, oh, I just don't know fundamentals of educating or the fundamentals of behavior management or the fundamentals of literacy, whatever it's. And then the flip side of that is the way that advocates feel. By and large, I think most advocates come from classrooms. So they are teachers or speech therapists or occupational therapists or people 
people that have worked in schools and there is another subset of advocates that are traditionally parents, by the way. I think probably the majority of parents have been teachers. And so what they feel like is they need to go to law school because they feel like I know how to teach. I know how to do that fine, but I don't know how to get what I want. I don't know how to advocate, like literally how to advocate for what I want. I know what I think what is best for the student, but I don't know how to get that. And we sit around and attorneys are saying, don't go to law school. And teachers are saying, don't get a master's degree, read this book. And we probably all are right. And so that kind of came, led me to this list of things that we need in order to become special education advocates or effective ones at that. So the first thing that I'm gonna talk about is special education law. The second thing I'm gonna talk about is special education practice. And the third thing that I'm gonna talk about is negotiation strategy or advocacy strategy. I think those three things, and yes, there is some overlap on those three things, but I think those three things are the real kind of foundational skills that you need in order to be an effective special education advocate. So why do I think that you need to know special education law? The entire thing is founded in the law. The entire idea is actually, that's funny, because idea is the law, the federal law. The end, all of special education is founded in the law. And as you've heard me say before, I advise my clients under the shadow of the law. The law has this kind of shadow. Pretend that you're standing on a sunny day with an umbrella over top of you, and there's a shadow that comes down, and the shadow maybe goes 18 inches on either side of your feet. And so if you think about that from the legal then any decision that comes up before a judge, you know, whether or not an environment is inclusive enough or whether or not a literacy program is being implemented with fidelity or whether or not a student qualifies for extended school year services, all of those concepts, all of those questions or issues, those legal issues get evaluated under the shadow of this law. And the law has a reasonableness standard. And because it's reasonable, there's some room for interpretation. And that's why we need parameters of reasonableness. It's not just a yes or no thing. There are yes or no laws. That's called strict liability. So if there's a leash law in your area and an animal is not on the leash and the animal causes harm, there's strict liability. The owner of the animal owes damages to the person that was injured by way of this but special education, like most special education laws, are not strict liability laws. We have this kind of zone of reasonableness, or this, I like to say, the shadow of the law. And so we're constantly evaluating any decision that comes up under the framework of the law. In addition to that, parents get so intimidated by process. So many times I say as a special education attorney that I am nothing more than a tour guide. I am literally explaining to parents why their students have to be evaluated. If I had a nickel for every time somebody said, they want to do an evaluation. Like they, what do I have to do? What does the kid have to do? The kids already had them evaluated by the pediatrician or a psychologist or whatever, and now they want to do an evaluation. 
I need for you to come and tell them that they don't have to do an evaluation. Guess what? The law calls for an evaluation. And that process was researched and researched, and here's what the research said, and here's why the evaluation is a good thing and not a bad thing. If you understand the law, you're going to understand the process for evaluations and the determination of eligibility and the determination of placement and even how the IEP team is supposed to work. So I think if the process intimidates you particularly, then really diving in and learning more about special education law might be a great answer for you. So that's number one, is really understanding special education law. And like I said, lots of advocates are like, I want to know the law. I feel like I don't know. There's books and there's courses and there's tutorials to help you learn the law. So if you're looking for an Ashley Barlow course that is law-centric, legal-centric, the lab is probably right for you. The Special Education and Advocacy Lab goes through the law. It's nuts and bolts, IEPs 101, fundamental law overview with lots and lots of pit stops for advocacy tactics and communication tactics along the way. So that is the law. The next component that I think effective special education advocates need is, of course, a special education practice, how you actually teach children. Now, this is an exciting thing because this is something that actually has a lot of leeway and it's also something that changes. So pedagogical theory is something that is obviously researched quite a bit and it is something upon which people don't always agree. So what is the right teaching strategy to teach this particular math concepts or even more specific math concepts like, I don't know, fractions or patterns or skip counting or whatever it is, that is something that various other human experts would have differing opinions on. And that's a beautiful thing. But here's the main concept of learning special education practices. It allows you to continue to learn. I can guarantee you that if you get excited about literacy, you are never going to be fully satiated <laughs> as it applies to information about literacy. You are always going to continue to follow people on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You are always going to continue to buy the books. You are going to continue to go to the conferences. You are going to continue to have coffee with moms that have new dyslexia diet. You are going to continue to be excited and dissatisfied with the amount of information that you have in your brain and in your soul about literacy. And the same would apply for educating a child with an intellectual disability or educating a child that experiences blindness or a hearing deficiency. And so what are we talking about here is we're talking about learning the specific practices that would help to meet your child's needs and capitalize on their as it applies to your particular child. And so learning those strategies becomes extremely important because then what you can do is you can talk the talk of the teachers. So how do you get this stuff? Same way, books, courses, podcasts, following those folks on social media, attending conferences, etc. 
So this is why you will see that there are plenty of experts out there that have courses on teaching just phonological processing or teaching reading comprehension or teaching how to modify general education curriculum for special education students with moderate to severe needs. There's courses and there's conferences on this stuff all the time. When I first started practicing in this area as an attorney, I went to the three universities that are close to me here in Cincinnati. And I went to the little booth where you buy the books in the back of the bookstore. And I asked for their special education methods books. First, I read the law books. So it wasn't when I first started practicing. It was about, I don't know, three or four months in. I said, okay, may I please have your methods courses, the books for your methods courses. And I think I've said this on the podcast before. It is really hard to get a college textbook if you're not in enrolled in the course. So you have to be a little persuasive, which goes to tactic number three. But eventually I was able to get enough methods courses or books for the methods courses that I felt like I had a good over. And then what I did, of course, was I dove into research for things that would help my own child, Jack, who has Down syndrome, as well as for specific students. And so over the course of the years, I have really dove into best practice behavior on ADHD specific strategies, on executive functioning, on literacy, on literacy specifically for students with really visual profiles like my kid, literacy for I've really committed to learning more about teaching, utilizing the science of reading in the last year. I had a year where I read about everything I could get my hands on for restraint and seclusion. And why I do this is because it applies to usually one particular student, even if they're no longer a client, it's something that I've worked out. I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have known more about that. And then I will continue to read. There's a lot that you can get that's free on the internet. And a lot of times I'm reading, like right now I'm reading a book about the science of reading that's probably, it's less than 200 pages. It was $14.99 on Instagram or on Amazon. And it was recommended by three or four of the people that I follow on Instagram. So I was like, okay, it must be a good enough book. I'm going to buy it. And it'll probably take me a week to finish. Sometimes it's not a super duper investment to get this information. But I'll tell you what, if you can talk the talk of the people at the IEP table, and if you can ask intelligent and informed questions, and if you have the background to combat, which is not a super non-adversarial term, or to question the statements that people make at the IEP table, you will feel so much more confident. And the confidence that you can use at the IEP table is a huge secret weapon in your advocacy. So number two is knowing the special education practice. And then number three is actual negotiation strategy. And if you scroll back all the way back to my episode with Ray Nelson, you will hear when Ray lifted the wool from my eyes and said, yeah, and you need to know how to get what you want. You need negotiation strategy. And I was like, aha. Eureka. Yes, I have never included that in my list, but you're right. That's innate to me, but it's not innate to everybody else. So negotiation strategy, you have to know how to get what you want. You have to know how to actually advocate. And this is probably the second most effective thing that I can do when I come into an IEP is actually change the narrative, change the way that the parents and the school people are communicating and use more effective negotiation strategy. 
Now, I do think that some people are born with negotiation tactics. I think that it is innate to some people. If you're a teacher, you probably know that behavior management can be very innate. I remember when I read in a teaching methods book when I was in college, the idea of proximity. So if a student is talking, the first thing that you can do or being disruptive at all, the first thing that you can do is you can just get closer to them. And then they might be like, oh, the teacher's close. I should be quiet. And I was like, well, of course, don't you just naturally get closer to somebody that you think might have a question or a need or like a little prompt to pay attention if they're able or something like that. That seemed so silly to me. So I do think that negotiation strategy is sometimes innate. Don't bid against yourself. That is something that I don't need to be taught that, you know, but there are lots and lots and lots of books and courses and people to follow and theories and even conferences to attend that can help you to get negotiation strategy. Now, I'm about to toot my own horn toot toot because I do think that Ashley Barlow Company is unique in that I am an attorney and I'm also a mediator. And so I have studied negotiation strategy voraciously right before actually I really was trying to build a practice as a family law mediator. And I do feel very strongly and excited about negotiation strategy. And I have taken tons of continuing education courses and read tons of books on it. And if you take the AP course, which is my digital course that is geared towards helping you develop or improve your advocacy business, then you can buy my negotiation workshop as an add-on to that. And I've actually toyed around with making that a standalone course as well. I don't know, stay tuned and see if I switch that over to a standalone workshop. But my negotiation workshop was something that kind of summarizes my three favorite books on negotiation strategy. And it also just gives you additional like practical strategies for negotiation. So with that, I will summarize that the three things that I think very effective special education advocates study and know and become very good at are the actual special education law, special education practice, as well as negotiation strategy so that you can get what you want and what the student deserves. I will leave you with that. Again, I hope to see you at our conference on the 28th of this month, and I will see you next time. Same time, same place. Have a great week.